Hello and welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan, and in this program, we all discover jazz, old and new, together by listening to a wide array of selections, exploring different jazz styles and topics related to jazz, we'll learn more about what it is, what it isn't, how it's developed, and what we can listen for to enhance our experience. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. Hello, jazz fans. These next two episodes of Discovering Jazz are crucial to keeping this form of music that we love alive. It's about youth and some things that have sparked their interest in jazz. Jazz was once a young person's genre, but now you go to a jazz concert and it's mostly old people, and we're going to die off. And so might jazz, unless we can help our youth to be inspired and to allow them to inspire us into new listening adventures. Right now, jazz is really not particularly popular. Nielsen Music the authority in tracking what music people buy or radio stations they listen to, last year did a survey of the most and least popular musical styles. And last on the list were jazz, classical, and children's music. This episode and the next of Discovering Jazz is going to try to change that by talking to some youth who have become jazz musicians and listeners and exploring their inspirations. I'll introduce you to these five youth in a moment. But first, let's hear about one source of inspiration. Here is the group's pianist, Ian Webster. Um, and then I met Chris and Aaron, and we started doing jazz, and it was great. We had a school concert, and we played and like we played some Vince Guaraldi pieces. And yeah, that was a great time. From Charlie Brown Christmas, first aired in 1965, here is Vince Guaraldi.
and then we decided to take a course with Steve Holt. So yeah. that was that's really what brought us together. Along with good old Darby here. Yo, yeah. <laughs> actually, on that point, yeah. Chris and I actually with Steve Holt, we did the Jazz One on One course, and then yeah. after we brought in Aaron and Ian. Yeah, we the basically dragged them in kicking and screaming. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was so the it. three of you that did Steve Holt's course. Uh, the four of us. Yes, uh, all yeah, four. My understanding is that Steve Holt is still involved in teaching jazz in Peterborough through Long and McQuaid. Here is the Steve Holt Jazz Trio from an album recorded at the Holmesmith Jazz Bar in Toronto. Then I'll introduce you more formally to LMJC, a student jazz ensemble out of Peterborough.
Steve Holt, one of the many inspirations for this very promising student jazz group I'm talking to for today's and next week's Discovering Jazz program. That particular piece was called Splitting Apart, and this particular group are coming together. The group ranges in age from 16 to 18. Some are still in high school, and others have moved on to university. The group consists of Darby White York on saxophone, Ian Webster on piano, Christopher Parnas on bass, Aaron Blewett on drums, and sometimes Emily Fitzgerald on trumpet. I talked to them after they did an afternoon gig at Hot Belly Mama's restaurant in Peterborough in early October. What do you call yourselves? Uh, we are the LMJC, or the Luxury Mammals Jazz Collective. Well, it's <laughs> an odd name. The LMJC? I thought we were just LMJC. Eh. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Luxury Mammals Jazz Collective. <laughs> yeah, it's odd. It, it comes from uh, uh, just an odd phrase in, in uh, the works of Antonio Gramsci, who's a sociologist. Uh, it's just a cool name, and I, and I thought it sounded jazzy. And for some reason, they agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we're stuck with it. <laughs> I'm very fascinated exploring how some young people do end up getting inspired to listen to jazz and decide to become jazz musicians. And that was the focus of many of my questions. I spoke to each of the members of LMJC. And as they speak, I'll have a little bit of the music that they played that afternoon at Hot Belly Mama's going on in the background. We'll start with Darby White York, the saxophonist. Darby here. Um... I started really getting into jazz in elementary school at in grade six when uh, my music teacher, basically at the time William Hamilton, was the in music instructor and basically did everything. We went to Kiwanis every year to compete. So I remember playing Spinning Wheel, like da ba da 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 ba da da ba da ba ba ra ba ba ba, and that was just a blast. So, I don't know, that's like pretty much why I got into jazz. We'll hear more from Darby later, but let's hear some of that earliest influence. Maybe not pure jazz, but certainly a great gateway to jazz. Blood, Sweat and Tears with Spinning Wheel from 1969, well before any of these youth were born. Written and sung by Canadian David Clayton Thomas.
I thought it was pretty good. I guess if one group member could be seen as having the role of chief inspiration officer, the one who inspired the others to get together and really get into jazz, it would be bass player Chris Parnes. But what inspired him? Hello. So, uh, tell me about your jazz history and inspirations. Okay, so I grew up with Jazz FM 91 on in the house pretty much like 24-7. My version of rock was Steely Dan. Like, um, I don't know. I, I was, I sort of grew up in that. What I find really influential about Steely Dan is like the, uh, it's the songwriting parts of them, right? The composition, the way that, the way that they tell stories through that, and also Wayne Shorter's solo on Asia is just the best thing ever. Combined with Steve Gadd going crazy on the drums, uh, I don't know. He takes what, what can be very beboppy chord changes in odd time signatures, uh, well, not super odd, but somewhat, uh, and Steve Gadd goes crazy on the drums and he just goes up on right and he just goes through it in such an odd way that I've never heard in, a, in like bebop changes and that's what I find inspirational Hill 
From 1977, Steely Dan, led by Donald Fagan and the late Walter Becker, with guests being Wayne Shorter on sax and Steve Gadd on drums, a very significant inspiration for LMJC, the Luxury Mammals Jazz Collective, a group of students in Peterborough who played jazz at various locations in town. Next, I'll speak to Aaron Blewett, the drummer. What kind of music I was raised on was anything and everything my dad had on so and my dad had uh, anything he could listen to like Irish folk music all the way to like German dance electronica <laughs> and enjoy it so like my my music uh, the, my music taste when I was a kid was very ranged uh, but like the thing that the genre that I most connected with just personally was progressive music Specifically, progressive rock, progressive metal, progressive uh, like uh, fusion—just anything, uh, anything that sounded interesting rhythmically to me because I was a drummer. So uh, I started a few uh, like how I started drumming was I there was this video game called Rock Band and I started playing that because my brother had it and that got me into drumming uh, and then I found Rush, which uh, was a classic rock band but is very proggy in, in, in itself uh, in the later years when they got Neil Peart on drums and Neil Peart's drumming just I immediately connected with and uh, I was like this is good and that's why Rush is my favorite band of all time but that's in the progressive rock team A Monday warrior mean means right Today's Tom Sawyer mean mean pride Yeah. 
It's not jazz, but it had quite the influence on student jazz drummer Aaron Blewett. Let's hear some more from Aaron about his early influences, which may not comparatively sound so early, as he talks about the course he took from Steve Holt and the discovery he made. What got me into jazz drumming the most, I would have to say, would be Mark Julian and the Jazz Quartet, the Mark Julian and the Jazz Quartet, uh, specifically the song One Month by them. Uh, the drumming that he does in it is something I've never heard in a jazz song at all, ever, and like ever, in any other place. I have never heard it. Um, and as soon as I heard it, like, it sounded jazzy, but it didn't fit into the normal, like, just being the rhythm section. It felt more like it was integral to the song, if that makes any sense. Uh, and 
that's immediately uh, connected to it because as a drummer, I like to be more integral to the music. I like to be fitting into it uh, instead of just backing up everyone, keeping them in line, if that makes any sense. Rhythmically in line. Sometimes we need that though. <laughs> like one month specifically does this weird drum and bass Latin-y groove with like very uh, offset uh, um, snare and bass drum hits happening at the same time. Um, uh, and like in all like sense of jazz, it shouldn't fit in what he uh, in what they are playing, but he just makes it fit. And that's why I'm like I haven't heard this anywhere before, and I like it. Here is one month by the Mark Juliana Jazz Quartet.
the Mark Juliana Quartet. That's spelled G-U-I-L-I-A-N-A. That's from a very recent CD called Family First. Features Mark Juliana on drums, Chris Morrissey on bass, Shay Maestro on piano, and saxophonist Jason Rigby. Now we'll talk to trumpet player Emily, Emily Fitzgerald, whose university courses have made it difficult for her to be as fully involved in the group as she'd like. But she was there at Hot Billy Mamas playing some beautiful trumpet. (laughs) Okay, so um, I started my trumpet career back when I was in grade nine. I think it was about one of the last instruments I actually tried on the very first day of grade nine music when we were allowed to try anything we wanted just to see kind of how we got along with the instruments. Oh boy, I tried clarinet, flute, saxophone, like anything, but I finally ended up with trumpet, and it's just worked out beautifully for me. I just love playing, and I've been playing ever since grade nine. Well, you have a lovely tone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, are there any jazz trumpeters that are particularly inspiring for you? In fact, any, any trumpeters at all, even classical, that um, inspire you? I know Miles Davis. I could listen to his work all day. Just all day. I know, and just like that beautiful muted sound, I just, I love it so much. I like some of the things Miles Davis has done, like Someday My Prince Will Come. I've actually adored that piece for quite a while. Thank you. 
Miles Davis, an influence on many young and old jazz players, including members of the Luxury Mammals Jazz Collective, or LMJC, out of Peterborough, who I've been talking to in this edition of the Discovering Jazz program, coming through your radio dial of 92.7, thanks to the studios of Trent Radio, CFFF, in Peterborough. That 1961 rendition of Someday My Prince Will Come, a tune originally written as part of the soundtrack for the Disney version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 1937. And you're hearing in this version Miles Davis on trumpet, Hank Mobley and John Coltrane on tenor sax, Wynton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers playing bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. Well, I was planning on saving my favorite instrumentalist to the end. Being an amateur pianist myself, I especially resonated with Ian Webster's piano playing in the group, wishing that I could play half that well. But we're kind of running out of time here, so it's not a problem though, because we're going to be doing more with LMJC next week. And uh, we'll probably start off the program talking to Ian Webster, the piano player. We did hear him a little bit at the beginning of this program when he talked about Vince Guaraldi and how this group basically started by playing some of his music. And you're hearing a little bit of Ian Webster right now in the background, live from Hot Deli Mamas. Now you are going to be surprised though when you hear about what most influenced Ian to get into jazz. So hopefully you can hold on till next week and you'll hear all about it and we'll also play the piece that influenced him. But let's end off the program hearing from LMJC, the Luxury Mammals Jazz Collective, about what they have coming up, and we'll hear a bit more of their music live from Hot Belly Mamas. They seem to be the one of the busiest jazz groups in Peterborough right now in terms of the number of gigs you folks are playing. What have you got coming up? Um, well, every week on Saturdays, we play here at Hot Belly Mamas from 1 to 3. Um, we play the Garnet starting as of October 14th from 5 to 7 on Saturdays as well. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Um, then, uh, yeah, we're just hoping to expand. Like right now, we're, I think we're looking at... Uh, we're talking with Ray Kapoor from the Black Horse about doing a Sunday show 3 to 6, which could be cool because we don't usually do three-hour stuff. Oh uh, yeah, and then aside from that, uh, that's most of what we're working on. We're trying to busk around the farmer's market a bit, because we tried that today, and it was an overall positive response, and it was very, very fun. It's a nice place to be at. Okay. Oh, Darby, you were mentioning a CD. Um, we're still in the process of recording it. We started yesterday. Um, that was interesting. Um, interesting is an understatement. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So we, we started it, and we're hoping it comes out within the next couple months, before the new year for sure. Um, and with that happening, hopefully people will hopefully we'll start to grow as a band, and people start to realize, hey, these people may be young, but they're not. They know somewhat that what's kind of what they're doing. And they kind of know what they're doing in this next tune that's going to take you to the end of the program. LMJC and their version of On Green Dolphin Street. My name's Larry Sademan. You're listening to Discovering Jazz coming through the studios of Trent Radio. That's 92.7 FM on your dial in Peterborough. 
Tune in next week to either the radio program or the podcast, and you'll hear some more influences on this particular youth group, and probably jazz that has influenced many a youth and is going to keep this genre developing. Bye for now.